You're listening to PlayStation Unchained. Hello and welcome to episode 81 of PlayStation Unchained. I know it's finally back to me to host in sadly. Uh, I keep saying sadly, but sadly, Mike <laughs> Harridance cannot make it this week because he was out getting pissed out of his head. Um, I know. What? It, it was just, it was, yeah, getting pissed, getting drunk. Uh. Poor guy. I mean, we've got to feel bad for him, I know. I know he had such a rough night last night having fun getting drunk. How dare he? Sunning himself guy. in a barbecue. I know. Not, not in a barbecue. <laughs> no, he is pretty. You know, you don't know. Maybe, maybe that's his thing. Yeah, he likes being a rotisserie. <laughs> uh, maybe he bench presses it while he's while he does. <laughs> bench presses the chickens. <laughs> oh, uh, anyway, he can't make it this week, but as you can hear, we've got our co-host Neil Bolt with us. Hello. I'm back after being abducted at the end of last week's podcast. Yeah, that's what happened. Did, did the aliens touch you? Show me I on the doll. No, I, I found the Arkham Knight. What happened was KGB. <laughs> it's all right. I've got CTU on them, so it's fine. <laughs> and as, as you can hear, we've got Gary with us this week. How, how are you doing this week, Gary? I'm pretty peachy. How are you? Not too bad. It's good to see you back as a regular again. It's been too long. I know. It's it's nice to be on. Well, it's good to have you on. Um, have you been up to much? Um, not necessarily. I mean, I had a birthday party I went to. Got crazy drunk there. Um, fun times. See, it's only me and you, Neil, that seem to be indoors. <laughs> no, it's great because right after that, I came home and platinum Batman while I was drunk. Wow. Uh, ah, that's awesome. <laughs> it, it, it was a very hard time. It was I like died. a birthday present for yourself. <laughs> my, my reflexes were not as, as what they should have been. <laughs> Got to hit Dark Knight Returns. <laughs> uh, okay, I think we're going to go straight to the news because this is not going to be a very long podcast. I say that. We always like say that. Week, that. Yeah. Last week, oh, it will be 45 minutes, two hours later. Yeah. So, yeah, um, let's go to the surprising news of the week. Yeah. 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 Shahi Yoshida was surprised by the Final Fantasy VII remake and Shenmue E3 reveal. Sorry, I was lo- I was almost laughing during that entire sentence because it's just face palmy. Anyway, let's carry on. The head of the Sony Computer Entertainment Worldwide Studio, SEWWS, has admitted... It sounds like a wrestling term, that. Uh, he has admitted that he was surprised to see both Final Fantasy VII Remake and Shenmue 3 announced during the four-months holding, four holding E3 2015 present press confrontation next month. Uh, speaking of blah, 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 read this on PSU.com. Basically, he was surprised about the announcement. Uh, executive closed by saying he's very happy that these titles have enjoyed the reaction among gamers worldwide that followed. Yeah, because everyone was going to expect that when Final Fantasy VII Remake and that Shenmue 3 were announced, we're all going to be completely depressed. We're going to go, oh, not these games again. I mean, Call of Duty every year. I can understand that, but Shenmue 3? It's only been 12 years. 
there's no might need be too soon in this modern age. This might be a bit too soon. That Five Nights Seven remake, twenty years. They, they, they really are milking that franchise. Maybe twenty-five years. Well, despite your sarcasm, <laughs> milking the franchise in Final Fantasy, you know, does yeah, kind of go. yeah, kind of goes. But still, Neil, are you surprised that they're surprised at <laughs> our surprisal? Well, when, when kid like, surprise. When the guy making Final Fantasy VII Remake doesn't know he's making Final Fantasy VII Remake, I'm not surprised that Yoshida <laughs> is surprised by things. Like, clearly, there's a Japanese tradition for just not telling people stuff. Uh. <coughs> uh, Gary, are you surprised about the surprise? Surprise, surprise? Um, I'll say that he probably knew they were in development. But he was probably surprised that they were on the show for Or not the show for that they were in the press conference. Yeah. Because I, I highly doubt that this guy did not know that these games were in development for oh. console. You have to be, you have to really suck at your job to not pay attention to this stuff. Maybe he's just too busy playing Dark Souls. <laughs> then, then he shouldn't be at his job. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, but his enthusiasm for that series is yeah. why Bloodborne was an exclusive anyway. So you know. yeah, yeah. So. <clears throat> Oh, God, my voice is not good this week. Yeah, I transferred it to you this week. Yeah, it seems like it. Um, so we're going to go to some more Shenmue 3 news. Uh, this is about the Kickstarter giving a new physical copy of Shenmue 3. Uh, yes, if you back the Kickstarter that's going on right now, I think it's still got quite a bit of time left. Uh, about 14 days, I think there is. 12 days? Yeah, 12 days left. For the Shenmue 3 Kickstarter, so make sure you go to kickstarter.com slash Shenmue 3 or wherever the link is, just look Kickstarter Shenmue 3, it'll pop up straight away. Uh, Shenmue 3 will receive physical PS4 copies released for those that pledge $60 or higher on the project's Kickstarter. Uh, awesome Japan announced today, what a name. <laughs> Originally the PS4 version was digital, only release and physical copy was one of the most requested items for Kickstarter reward. Uh, if you've already pledged $60 or more, don't worry. A survey will be sent to you asking if you want PS4, PC, digital or physical copy of Shenmue 3. At uh, this time of writing, Shenmue 3 Kickstarter sits over a little $3.91 million. Um, I can confirm that it's now over $4 million. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Gary, will you back Shenmue 3's? The, re- the Reckoning? Surprise? I already backed back Shenmue 3. How much did you back it by? I backed it by, I believe... What's the second one after $100? 120 Yes, that's the one. Oof. Oh, well. Wow. Uh, Neil? They, they deserve it. My, can I just add something, yes. though? Yeah, sure. Uh, I think it's kind of unfair that the hard copy is only going to be available for Kickstarter people, that they're yeah. probably not going to release it retail with the hard copy. Um, I don't think that's fair. They no. may in time, though. It's... It, it, well, I guess it's cost saving. It's making enough, making sure they get make enough money that they can actually make money off the sales rather than just mm. mass producing it, and that's a lot of selling. Yeah, but also I think the controversy surrounding it as a Kickstarter game has really um, hurt um, the game moving forward on Kickstarter. Oh yeah, right. definitely. Well, I yeah. think it easily could have been at ten million by now. Easily. If it was for the controversy behind it. Which kind of makes me sad, but I just wanted to add that. Yeah, it did kind of kill off the feel-good factor a little bit. 
So, not for me. I still think it's going to be amazing. So, Neil, yeah. have you backed it? Oh yes, just to the regular amount for getting the game. Was, uh, uh, which one though, digital or physical? Oh, just digi. It's like yeah. well, I, I do believe it will come out physically anyway. So when that comes uh, online, that's saying I may get. Yeah, so hoping that it turns out well first. Uh, anything else you want to add? Uh, it's Shenmue 3. It's happening still. And well, that's amazing. I can confirm I backed it as well. I did it a couple of days ago, in fact. Full disclosure. I, I donated $100. Well, backed $100 towards it. So I can get my name in the credits. Nice. <laughs> yeah, this is the second game I've backed on Kickstarter. Yeah, it's the second for me. I backed it's a space sim. This is my first. It, that's what it takes. It takes monumental things like this. So, you know, the old Time Splitters guys want to just go and make a game that's pretty much Time Splitters and put it on Kickstarter. You know, that would be my second. Gary, what were you going to say? Oh, no, that, I was just going to say this is my second game. My first one was, uh, oh, what is it? It was a little small title that looked amazing. I think it was like A Little Devil Inside Me or something like that. Ah, now i got to look for it. I backed a space sim called Starception Interception or something like that. It was on Vita. It looked pretty good, so I backed it up. Did it get funded? Yeah, it got funded. Oh. I, it gave me the copy as well. Little Devil Inside is what the game is called. Yeah. I'll link it to you because that game looks amazing. Yeah, they released the game earlier this year. so. It has been funded too, so I was happy. Nice. Oh yeah, I remember seeing that. Oh, this looks. Good. Oh, I wish I'd backed it up. But that looks good. Mm-hmm. What console is it on, though? Is it just PC? Uh, it's going to be on all of them. Uh, all of them. All the consoles. Cool, yeah, what's cool about the Little Devil Inside is they said that no matter what happens on their Kickstarter, yeah. they will make the game for every console. It just would have taken a lot longer then. Yeah. I like it. We did it now. We did it, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Feeling a camaraderie. We're inside. <laughs> uh, well, that's that's a lot less than I thought they'd need. Three hundred, what? Three hundred six dollars. There is. Well, no, they they. I think they wanted only three hundred six thousand, and they oh. got a lot more than that. I'm gonna say that's just that's been insane. Hefty chunk of change. Yeah, wish I had that amount of money. Anyway, I batch up a space sim. Let's go to a space based game. Ooh. Uh, Mass Effect Adronomer de- developers hint a happier ending for its PS4 sci-fi epic. Uh, Mass Effect Adronomer developer Bioware has hinted the ending to its at- highly anticipated action RPG will more satisfy than that of Mass Effect 3. Uh, this is a very long article, so check PSU.com for the rest of it. Basically, they're saying, if you're very disappointed with the previous game, you're not going to be as disappointed. But happy ending is kind of the wrong term, in my opinion, because... I don't know. I don't. What? what I one thing. Satisfying. Satisfying. Ending satisfying. Yeah. Looking for. I think. It's, yeah. Yeah. The term happy ending just. The fact that they even have to come out and say it is just ridiculous. Yeah. It's like just shut up and let the game talk for you when it comes out. Does then my character? People will find out. It's does like, my? Does my character come out with us like a piece of cake and go? Yeah, I beat the the thing. <laughs> it's like you beat these evil alien bastards and now you get your birthday cake. The end. Uh, have you seen that panel, by the way? It's amazing. 
Yeah. Uh, someone took the piss out of uh, the ending of Mass Effect 3. So they made a comic thing where they came out... uh, The comic thing was, Well done, Shepard. You have defeated the Reapers and turned them all into ice cream. Here is some cake. The crow going to bake you it for your birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. Uh, So, yeah. Maybe that'll be the canon ending for Mass Effect Adronema. The crow going to bake you cake Mm. and then the Reapers turn into ice creams. Just... feels so negative that they had to even say this just because of all that happened with Mass Effect 3 and yeah in an ideal world you believe in your game enough you just let the game come out and let the ending do the talking for you it's like if you really are that scared that you're going to lose X amount of customers because they weren't happy about the ending to Mass Effect 3 come on bollocks they won't those people will still buy the game also why are you talking about the ending we don't even know anything about the beginning yet. Yeah, so why, <laughs> we're going to go into either it's a really horrible sucker punch and they're just saying, yeah, yeah it's going to be happy and then they're just going to slaughter the entire universe yeah. at the end of it or something. But it's just, why you shouldn't be giving away things like this. Unless they slaughter the whole universe at the start and then you time travel as a well, no, as they, the doctor. That, and it's always going to be after slaughtering <laughs> the entire universe because there's nothing else to do. Before so. you go back in time like Doctor Who. Oh. Change it. No, fix no it. Travel. No time travel. <laughs> uh, and then Mass Effect reveals to be Doctor Who. Actually, <laughs> Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> it's actually Star Wars. <laughs> it's all of them. It's all of them. All in this them. universe, though, Luke is Darth Vader's father. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick Stewart is playing Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> happy ending. Uh, happy Gar- ending. So yeah, there you go. That would absolutely <laughs> be a happy ending because people are like, wow, it's like a sci-fi nerd's orgasm. Uh, Gary, what do you think of Mass Effect Adronomer's new happy, happy, happy friend? Super fun time wish show. <laughs> yeah, ending. I think it's crap. <laughs> I, I personally feel the sadder the ending, the better it is, um, because it brings out more emotion in people than a happy one. But you know, it's probably the first game out of a trilogy, so I'm not surprised if it has a good ending. But that this pretty much just implies that there's only going to be one ending, and you can't get multiple endings in a way. But, Maybe that's just a scale of how happy the ending it becomes. Oh my god. But I, I think the worst part is that they still have to address the ending of Mass Effect 3 to this day, and that's just pathetic, in my opinion. Mm. That people are still so butthurt about that ending that they can't let it go. Is it the fact that they think it, that they actually think that people who moaned about it won't, won't buy their game? When sure they know the internet and their business well enough now to know that people will complain until they're blue in the teeth, and then yeah. they'll still go back and buy the, your product. Then they'll complain about their teeth. Yeah. If there's only one ending to complain about, it's the Metal Gear Solid 4 ending. I mean, seriously. Oh, no, come on. Yeah, everybody should complain about that ending. No, they shouldn't. Yes, they should. <laughs> well, which, en- which ending, though, in the Lord of the Rings-esque amount of endings they had <laughs> was the worst. The fact that everybody survives. Yeah. Well, not everybody. But... Okay, the bad guys die. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All the good guys survive. I mean, come on. 
I'm sorry. What a it twist! Spoilers for people who to this day haven't finished Metal Gear Solid Four, which is seven years old at this point. We might. Yes. Have. The fact that Raiden survived being crushed by a submarine pissed <laughs> me off to no extent. Like, I mean, the fact he was alive it, was annoying enough. Yeah, and I was like, oh my god, that's sad. He died, and he died in a cool way, in my opinion. And then out of nowhere, the next cutscene's like, how is Raiden doing? Oh, he has no arms, but he's okay. What? <laughs> I, <laughs> I am the lightning. <laughs> Yeah, and then Meryl and what's his name Johnny get Johnny. shot fifteen times, and they both survive. Are you kidding me? They would have bled to death easily. I kind of like they survived though. <sighs> Go on. When you take all that away, the actual ending of Big Boss just saying this is good, isn't it? That was perfect. It's beautiful. Yeah, that's fine. I, I personally would have preferred that they just ended as you hear the gunshot in the cemetery. I think that would have been a better ending. I don't know, because that's what people expected, I think. That's what they were hoping would happen. I think. That's not how Kojima play. Well, hoping. That's a strong well, he word. he wanted to kill everybody, but his team convinced him not to. Yeah. That's is the it... problem. Never listen to your team. Listen to yourself. Well, <laughs> there's some chance of nothing happening this time around, because it's closing a plot hole, basically. With uh, Phantom Pain, so we're not really going to get that resolution now, even when he is on the last game. Yeah, in my opinion, Otacon, uh, Colonel Campbell, Rosemary, and Mei Ling are the only ones who should have survived at the end of that whole thing. <laughs> well, uh, what about this for an amazing super twist? Guess what's next? Metal Gear it? Solid Five. Well, how about that? Yeah, well, it's, it's like we planned it all ahead of time. <gasps> it's not at all like you scrambled to find the Metal Gear 5 news. And... Please, we, we don't plan anything around here. <laughs> the only thing we plan is the fact that we're not planned. The only thing I plan, <laughs> I, I plan is when to silence my mic so I can have a jug of beer. <laughs> okay, Metal Gear Solid 5 microtransactions added to make easier for players to progress. Uh, Konami has shed light on why... It, of course, this was written by Michael Y... You're not here, Harridance. Uh, Konami has sh- shed light on why it decided to include microtransactions in the highly anticipated Metal Gear Solid 5 The Planet Pain. Speaking with Angry Joe, uh, <laughs> Angry right. Joe is amazing. I like Angry Joe, don't you like him? Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll get to why in a minute. But we'll okay, Metal Gear Community Manager Robert Peeler <laughs> explained that the feature was added in order to make it easier for players to progress through the game. It's entirely optional and all features gained from microtransactions can be a lot by normal means. Uh, Peter described microtransactions are targeting those who might be having trouble with the upcoming st- Stealth Action sequel. Uh, he is also assured gamers that they won't be, won't be annoyed such as those found in mobile tiles. He did however know that hardcore Metal Gear players are unlikely to use microtransactions saying that they're really aimed at newcomers to the franchise. Uh, Metal Gear 5, blah blah blah, September 1st, PS4, blah blah. No! You're a bad Metal Gear. <laughs> bad! Um, I don't have a newspaper, but if I had a newspaper, I'd hit the corner of the case with it, because you're a bad Metal Gear. <laughs> no microtransactions, unless it's online, because I don't care too much, so I'll never play it. But still, bad. Oh, dear. Uh, Neil. Right. First and foremost, Bad I, I, no, I'm really not bothered about the microtransactions. It is, as they say, it's very true. It's there for those people. It's a shame they have to do that and to make it feel like it has to be for everybody. It's the fact that 
people like Angry Joe and IGN keep getting all this access to Metal Gear stuff, and they don't give even half a rat's ass about it. It's like compared to most sites out there that could be doing it. It's just, IGN got this whole 40 minute demo exclusive playthrough thing where they got to do it and show it first. It's like Greg Miller's gone now. It's like, no one there cares about Metal Gear Solid. They don't even know that much about Metal Gear Solid. And Angry Joe, his first Metal Gear Solid game was last year when he played Ground Zeroes and he couldn't understand what the game was about. Was like, and here he is having an interview with someone about it's ah oh, I hate that side of it. It's like it's Konami being Konami. To be fair with Angry Joe though, he does the interviews based on requests from his fans. I totally get that, but he should probably listen to the people that aren't his fans who didn't <laughs> like the fact that he slagged the crap out of Ground Zero is because he didn't understand it. Not yeah. because of the length or anything else it's like, well of course you don't, because you don't know anything about the series. It's like just I hate the idea of people who don't know anything about what they're promoting being given it and given exclusive rights to interviews or video footage or anything like that. For you know, it's just frustrating because you could get someone who knows what they're doing getting a pretty good in depth video or a feature or an interview on the subject in hand. I mean, someone else would have got better answers out of Robert Peeler there than Angry Joe. It's just, ah. Right, sorry, there's my rant out of the way. So one could say you're Angry Neil. <laughs> I'm <laughs> slightly ticked off. <laughs> Nig- niggly Neil. Niggly Neil. <laughs> you're going to be Raging Bolt from now on. Raging Bolt, yeah, I'll take that. Blasting Bolt. <laughs> Okay. Gary, what do you think about this whole microtransactions thing uh, in I'm, I'm not surprised that it's there. Um, I know people like to just spend all their money and just have everything right away. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> you can do it by like half a second. <laughs> <laughs> We've seen it with plenty of games. I mean, people who bought Mortal Kombat 10 instantly win and paid another... Well, it was like $25 to unlock everything right away because they just didn't want to deal with themselves. Yeah. So it's just, it's one of those things that it's there. Uh, if people want to use it, they will. If they don't, they don't. It's marketing wise from a publisher, it's a smart move to do um, because there's that extra money for you. But I you, mean, you, you open up your market a bit. Yeah. Like, I mean, they could have easily just fixed that by adding a another easy difficulty setting you know but easy nowadays game. you don't really see very many games giving you a difficulty option anymore so yeah but in fairness most games easy modes these days are far easier than the easy modes of many years ago even 10 years ago yeah go try to play Mega Man on easy and then you're like oh my god <laughs> you, just try, try to play the earlier Hitman games on the easiest difficulty they're still yeah. Bloody harder than anything in Absolution on hardest difficulty. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's there if people want it, and I know people will utilize it. It's just a smart move from the publishers. But for us, it, it will kind of piss us off. Because we, as gamers, as hardcore gamers, people have been playing for so long, we feel like we're getting cheated out. It's kind of like with MMOs. I feel like I always get cheated in MMOs when I like buy an MMO, when it comes out and I have to grind my way through everything 
Mm. And then a year later, somebody can just buy everything I spend 100 hours to do. <coughs> Destiny. Mm. <Sorry>. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Final Fantasy fourteen. <laughs> See, that pisses me off. This is one of the reasons I stopped playing DC. And I was just like, you know what? I bust my ass on this stuff for so long. And then some noob who doesn't even know how to play the game comes in and just buys everything. And yeah. is automatically more powerful than I am. Are you it's- kidding me? Sports games as well. It's like you think of the microtransactions in, say, FIFA, where you have the whole ultimate team thing and you can just buy money to buy packs. Basically giving you a random but a good chance because it offers you a certain quality of player. It's like, so straight away, someone who's not as good as you, maybe, as a player but has more money, can buy a really good team and just pretty much cancel out your skill, even if you've got a lesser team. Yeah. It's, just like, it's an unfair and unlevel playing field. Yeah, and it's like I play FIFA, right? And like I play online, and what I notice online is people never play defense. They just select mm. one dude to run around, and the AI handle everything. Yeah, I mean, it happens with both, because I find even in PES, where yeah. it's a bit more, I mean, their mode of it is a bit more random. It's like you can spend money on it, but again, this is Konami. But you are not guaranteed to get anything great or any particular great player. You'll just get something at random because it goes roulette wheel through different colour balls and if you get the black colour ball that's a rare player still doesn't mean you'll get Ronaldo or Messi you might just get someone who's like you know 85 rating or something it's like and for, that's I to me for a second, you meant, doing it. I thought for a second you meant you actually got someone that was 85 yeah <laughs> yeah well, <to> be honest, <laughs> in some people's cases they almost are so. okay, I'll take I'll take Peleway at 85 and somebody else <laughs> well Pele would be the perfect footballer for you because you could have him on the middle of the field talking stories and then you could have the rest of the people scoring goals because everyone else would be sat there listening yeah you've won like... automatically they'll all choke if they try running, because they'll be given the uh, Werther's original. By yeah, Pele. yeah. So you've got the perfect football strategy right there. Yes. Anyway, anyway. back on point. Just to say, it's just yeah. It shows that you can make your game so unbalanced, and yet Ultimate Team of FIFA is like this huge money maker because people want to buy the best players as soon as they can. Yeah. It's like, and yeah, I used to be on FIFA as well. I used to beat people who had teams of forward lines of. You know, Messi, Ronaldo, Aguero, and all that, and just like their front line, they had basically had six strikers up front, as you were saying, Gary. They go very attack heavy, and mm-hmm. there I was with people who like rock up in the, the second tier of English football up front, and I could defend the hell out of it and beat them. It's like it's always satisfying to know that you can beat someone who spent loads of money on getting the best players, but it's not always the case. It's sometimes you know they just Sheer buy you out of a win because they just that's it because the sim is broken. Yeah, it's just sad, you know. It's like nobody wants to work for anything anymore. It's the mentality people have now. Mm. It's like they want to be. I want to be done with this now. Yeah, why should I spend time doing this when I can just pay another five dollars extra and get it right away? What's five dollars? I spend five dollars on food every breakfast and lunch. You know. So it's 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 I I like I said I personally feel cheated when people do better than me by buying something instead of working. Yeah, for it. totally. That's just how I feel because I like I said I've been playing games since you know 
Sega Genesis and old NES, and I always had to work for stuff, you know? Mm. Like, imagine if they released, like, Castlevania, the very first Castlevania, which was super hard, and they give you microtransactions in that game. It's like, oh, <laughs> here, you have extra lives now you can buy if you want. What you if know? the Konami code was DLC? <laughs> there you go. It's a universal. You pay fifty dollars for the code, and it works on every Konami. It'd be like a Konami oh season. No, no, don't, 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 don't. Didn't <laughs> the Konami season pass? <laughs> it's just, it's just the age that we live in, is what it is. Yeah, it is. I mean, personally, nearly thirty years of playing games, and it's yeah, it's changed insurmountably. But there's still stuff to love. It's still wonderful, and you can take stuff like this and you know, shove it to the side and not ever be bothered by it. But yeah, when it has a negative impact on how your experience is because you didn't spend that extra money, that is when it is wrong. I still think my favourite paid DLC has to be for Final Fantasy XIV where you can buy minions or outfits that have nothing in the game but looks. That's it. That's all they do. They look different. Yeah, I don't mind that. I'm fine with that. Uh, You can buy a mount, but the mount, again, is the same speed, same Mm. thing as every other mount in the game. It's just different looks. As I said, my friend friend bought me a mount in in Elder Scrolls Online, which is, I've dubbed Kevin. Wonderful little horse. (laughs) I bought a lizard. I called it a Yoshi. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) And then I bought myself a wedding dress. So. <laughs> so I'm now an Aragonian, small fat Aragonian with like what looks like man boobs and a big be- a beer belly, running around in a wedding dress. I am uh, the true adventurer. <laughs> hey Ben, you, yeah. you remember at the beginning of this where you said this will be a very short podcast? <laughs> yeah, I said that, but we always say that. Um, this, so this is why it will never be the case. <laughs> Okay, we've only got a couple more stories left, though, so maybe, maybe, maybe we're not completely lying. Yes, uh, but considering we've managed to get about 15 minutes out of one story, then yeah, I'd say. Yeah. Well, you know, these last two stories, who knows? Maybe maybe we'll just go, uh... Anyway, yeah. let's go to the next story. Go on. Uh, this is almost as disappointing as that DLC is. Uh, PS4 and Xbox One sales in China are disappointing. Uh, by it's... Michael, I want to go out and get drunk, Harridans. Uh, according to data from NACO partners, PS4 and Xbox One have both sold disappointing in China since they were legalised in the country. <laughs> I just don't like legalised consoles. <laughs> Was there someone in, a, in like a like a, a leather coat stood in the corner going, <laughs> "Hey mate, I got your fresh PS3s right here." Uh, suffering backache because they're just <laughs> carrying so many heavy consoles. <laughs> God, imagine trying to smuggle the original Xbox in, like, in your coat. You'd just be like, you'd be just dragging yourself along the ground like a little pulley trolley. Just going, got Xboxes for sale. You'll have to pick them up yourself. I got good things on sale, stranger. <laughs> I mean, are they really that surprised by this? Uh, anyway. Mean, it, it should have been something they saw coming before they even attempted to do it. I mean, it, everything is so restricted in China. I can't imagine how restricted and different the games are that come out over there. Um, the fact that they have so many like bootleg versions of these consoles in China, anyway, 
Yeah. yeah. It doesn't even matter. Like probably those Buick ones probably run better than the ones we have now here. So. <laughs> I'll tell you it's something like Rayfation five. <laughs> it probably runs every PlayStation game ever made over there. We don't yeah. know. Was that but, I saw the other day the one called it was literally called Batman. Anyway, let's carry on with this report. The report claims that combined sales of Sony and Microsoft's current generation machines are predicted to reach only 550,000 by the end of... That is not bad. 550,000 still a decent amount. Yeah, but remember amount. how many people live in China. That's probably why. Yeah, but if I'm rightly, Sony are limited to only selling 1 million consoles in a year anyway. Hmm. That is their limit for how many they're allowed to sell in China. So... That amount in that in the shortest time because they haven't been selling that long. I think they start. I suppose when you're selling gajillion consoles everywhere else around the world, yeah. it is disappointing. It's disappointing, but at the same time, at least you're selling it. You know, you wouldn't well, have those sales if you weren't selling it. It's still more sales than you were going to be getting in the first place. Uh, oh, they're getting cocky again. It's, yeah. Come on, down a peg, so Sony. Go on. Anyway. So yeah, Gary, what you? Any, any more thoughts on this amazing story? Yeah, like, like I said, it's just... You should have seen it coming. I, I personally feel they never should have done it in the first place. Um, but like also, like Neil said, some money is better than no money. Um, but again, depending on how much money they're losing on each console... Well, I, I, at this point, I don't think they're losing anything on this console. No, no they weren't losing anything in the first place. It's probably the first console they were making profit from pretty much from the start. <laughs> Strong to say, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. Microsoft. But, yeah, they, they just have so much stuff in China that mimics these consoles. Why spend... I don't even know how, how much is it in China anyway. Isn't there like seven, eight hundred dollars It's over nine thousand. I don't know. Let's have a look. <laughs> I think it's like twice the price that it regularly is. Uh, Australia as well, they're quite high. Asia market in general tends to be... $468? Dollars? Yeah, we'll launch in China at RMB, $2,899. RMB, which is 468 Okay. Oh, so that's a pretty good price. The games are 80 yeah. though. Yeah, but then again, how many people in China actually have that kind of money to spend? Yeah. Two. Two people. <laughs> Two people. <laughs> Whoever yeah. the, the head of that corporation in Deus Ex Human Revolution. Oh, yeah. But yeah, th this yeah. isn't surprising to me. I think everybody kind of saw that the sales weren't going to be too high. Especially if they're limited on how many consoles they can even ship over there. So, yeah. I mean, this is bad for Sony. I think Microsoft is used to the bad in Asia. So, yeah. it's funny. <laughs> Are they shipped 200,000 in... October, so they sold out of all the ones they shipped. Oh, there you go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't it's know anymore. They since since October, but yeah. It's probably yeah. just the games because the yeah. games obviously have to get censored heavily in China. Yeah. So. Yeah. I wonder what the PS4 China launch games were. <clears throat> Knack. <laughs> I bet it wasn't it. even that ready. Oh no, it was six games. No, I don't know. Knack is its own kind of offensive, I suppose. Yeah. Flower. Flower. Uh, I don't know. Uh, let's have a look. But PS4 is region free, by the way, in China. Very nice. Xbox One isn't region free. Oh yeah, advert that speaks. 
That is terrible for me. What are they doing? Okay, okay, okay. Here are the games. Get ready. Knack. Hey. Trial Fusion. Rayman Legends. You've seen a V8 Mustang before. And the Dynasty Warriors 8. Or as the adverts have said, V <laughs> thingy 8. So Dynasty Warriors wow. 8. Knack. Rayman Legends. And that other game that I mentioned. Trial Fusion. That was their, their launch title. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, a, a bike-based game in, in China. That's a safe bet, I'd say. <laughs> Dynasty Warriors should be the highest-selling game in China forever. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, it's an amazing it's series. It should, so. It's an amazing series. It should just be the best series ever anyway. I love my Dynasty Warriors. Uh, yeah. so, so, anything else, Gary? Is region-locked to China? It shouldn't be. I thought that's what you said. No, the Xbox oh. One is. Yeah, that's what I said. The, the Xbox One is regional arc to China. Yeah. That uh, is, uh, I think, anyway, I'm going to have to check it out. I remember reading about true, it. If that's true, that thing is dead on arrival over there. What were they thinking? Yeah, PS4 somehow isn't totally region locked. Ugh. Yeah, and Xbox is region locked. Oh, Chinese confirmed yeah. to be region locked. Oh, region locked free. Hmm. However, oh, let's have a look. Oh, God. I had to click this link. To go to this other link, that uh, that doesn't even work anyway. Yay, links. With all the trouble Microsoft is having in Asia selling yeah. their console, region locking it is not going to help them in any way. Yeah. That's terrible news. Regional... It's, almost like it's almost like they're giving up, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> Basically. Yeah. To the six games they have over there from Xbox One. Oh, I don't <laughs> it's still two more than PS4. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, but, people can import their PS4. Hey, they can buy them on the flea shop on the street, probably. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think we'll go to Neil now for a bit. What do you think about this news? Yeah, that really. It's, okay. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's not really news in this way. They they sold all they can sell. They're probably disappointed that they just couldn't sell more because yeah. of the restrictions. I'd imagine more than anything else. But yeah. Celebi, you know, what else can you do? Okay, can I just add up? I'm not trying to be like mean or discriminatory against China in any way for our listeners from China or Chinese listeners. I'm just saying it how I see it. If I'm wrong, please correct me. Email us at podcast at psu.com to, to correct Gary. He won't be here next week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'll be here. And don't worry, I'll pass it on to Gary. I, I, I just want to say, I'm not trying to offend anybody. Okay, well, we, we, we try not to offend anyone, ever. Uh, Except for ourselves. We can do that. Well, people who don't <laughs> like Batman reviews. Yeah, we can offend all those people. Um, anyway, while we're talking about sad and offensive, and I don't know why I thought this was linked to a second there, but I'm stupid <laughs> sometimes. Uh, the last Guardian would have been probably been cancelled had it not been for fans, admit Sony. Of course, it w- might be cancelled anyway already. He didn't even know it existed. <laughs> no, he knew, he knew Last Guardian existed. Okay, he good. Shuhi Yoshida, president of Sony. I'm not going to say that again. Uh, S-E-E-W-W-S. Everyone knows who he is. Yeah. As admitted, The Last Guardian would have probably been scrapped had fans not continued to ask for an update on the ambitious title. Uh, quiz by Edge via Video Gamer. If the Team Ico action adventure could have 
cancelled even after so many years had passed Yoshida so if everyone stopped asking about it we probably would have so yeah thank you to everyone that complained for once you actually did something good well done you get a star well done you wingers <laughs> you get a gold star Neil what do you think of this whinging about uh, at least we've got a game now yeah, I, I have no problem whinging about a game that hasn't come out as long as it's not Crash Bandicoot because, you know, dead horse guys, stop flogging it. Like, oh. But yeah, any other game, fine by me. Just, it's nice to have these games back. Hell, would we have had Shenmue 3 if people hadn't gone on about it for years? Same with Final Fantasy. Would any, we would have gotten that remake if people hadn't been so nuts for it? No. So you've got to have that sort of aspect to the community. It's better than people whinging because the frame rate wasn't quite right on a game and because it dropped a frame once in 20 seconds. So, yeah, perfectly fine with this sort of thing. And Gary? Uh, I agree with Neil. I mean, it's it's nice, you know, people keeping something alive. It's good for Sony to, to keep it alive. I can't imagine the development cost of that game at this point. Um moving it from one console to another, changing the architecture of the game and all that. Um, I, I just, I hope that the sales of the game will show how much people wanted it. Mm. Because we've always seen, oh, we want this game, we want this game, and yet the sales don't show how much they wanted that game. Yeah, I really didn't think it would be that great a big seller, but I I think it will do well. But I, th- I, I do so. wonder. I it do has want- to do... It has to do better than Shadow of the Colossus and Eco combined. Oh, yeah. And I think it will, because the market has moved on hugely since those games came out. Yeah. But it's uh, it's not going to do great big numbers. And I think, I think we're still good. at least sell over a million. I think yeah. we're looking at maybe Uncharted sales. Because Uncharted, although it's a big game, never really gets that huge of a sale. Well, no, last generation it wouldn't have because no. Microsoft had the market share. So uh, their exclusives were always going to sell better than Sony's exclusives for the most part because they got the sheer number of people who will buy them. Like that. This time round, you never know. I mean, Uncharted 4 could sell a lot this time round because people will get to experience the HD trilogy beforehand and then the fourth will come out and they'll be trying that and, yeah. I mean, you have to see people can keep doing this, keep buying stupid amounts, and the records keep getting broken. As we said, only this week with Batman, you know, just doing, you know, becoming the best-selling game of the year after several other games had a crack at it. It's just, yeah, the, the figures are going to keep going up despite you know, all the doom and gloom about the industry going down the toilet at times. It's, yeah, figures are showing different. Okay. Yeah. Okay, on Gary. Sorry. Also, I was just gonna say I agree with Neil. It just it has to show how much people want it. You know, you keep it alive, and then you know, Yakuza is a perfect example. Everybody's like, we want a new Yakuza. Bring Yakuza to the states, and then when they do bring it over, it barely sells two hundred thousand units. Yeah. And it's like no wonder Sega isn't bringing them over because yeah. it's costing them more to bring it over than they make on it. Exactly. If you don't make big money as a company, you're not going to be doing it. It's just, it's not worth it. And Sega's 
case, especially they cannot afford to do that sort of thing anymore. Yeah. So it, it really just reflects on the sales. You know, I, this is why I always say Kickstarter is the perfect way to go because you already have a certain amount of people who are pretty much paying for the game yeah. on Kickstarter. So you know these people are going to get it, plus all the people that are going to buy it after it gets funded. Yeah. So. It means then you know, the companies behind it can say, well, we don't mind spending a bit extra money on your product now because we know that this amount of people have already paid into it. Exactly. I have no problem with big companies going to Kickstarter to fund games. Yeah. Like I know a lot of people are like, no, they they make enough money. They don't need people to fund the games for them. And yeah. in my opinion, I think they do because if a company can't afford to make, like if Capcom can't afford to make Street Fighter V on their own, they need Sony's help. They need to go to Kickstarter to make Street Fighter VI from now on. Yeah. You know, <sighs> people will fund it for them. And, you know, it's... I'm sorry, if people don't like big companies going to Kickstarter, I think it's a great idea for them to go to Kickstarter. Yeah. And as yeah, long yeah. as they don't use as long as they it'd be great if they'd start using Kickstarter as a pre order scheme. Exactly. that's actually exactly what I was about to say. That that's pretty much what pre orders are. You're pre ordering a game and you're giving them sixty dollars to spend on making that game better now. Yeah. But in this yeah. case it eliminates the people that whinge every year about this game hasn't come out again this year. I want this game. It's like, so here you go. You want this game. Enough of you have to pay this amount of money. If it fails, there you go. Not enough people really cared for it. Shut up and move back back of the line. And there have been perfect examples of it. People yeah. always said, we want a new Blood Bowl. You know, the, the or Mutant League football. Yeah. Um, it was an old Genesis game. It was a American was football game with like mutants and like blood and fatalities and stuff. Yeah, it was super cool. fun. And then these guys revived it on Kickstarter because so many people wanted it, and yet it didn't get funded. Yeah. And it shows you how much people really wanted it. They always complained, we want a new one, we want a new one. And then like, they didn't want it bad enough, I guess. Yeah. It's the, you, the case in the internet in general. It's, it's the vocal minority that you know, shouting at the top of the roof. Uh, oh, we want this, we want this. Actually, a very good point that just came up today. I know the game may not be relevant to you guys, but a common complaint that people that came out of the recent Prevo soccer demo at E3 was that the way the nets moved and people keep going on about it, keep going on about, oh, well, we don't like that this and that. And it's like, but the people behind the game have pretty much gone and said, would you rather we concentrated on how the nets moved or how much the game plays like football and actually is fun to play? Because to be honest, it's very low on our list of priorities. But yeah. you get people that just get caught up on silly little things and don't really think hang on, does the rest of the world really feel like I do? Or is it just these ten people I know that I'm suddenly counting as this huge majority? And yeah, that's what it ends up being every time. Man, Gary, that game didn't get kickstarted. So, yeah, yeah, Kickstarter food. is the best place, in my opinion. Yeah, is it, it tests your ideas. Man, that game didn't get kickstarted though, Gary. That sounds amazing. Which game? That one you're talking about with the football. It's, it's still getting made though, isn't it? Uh, I think they went back to the drawing board and they're they're trying again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, this is the same world that Shaq Fu two got successfully. Yeah, If if Shaq Fu two can get funded, you can't tell me that a Streets of Rage is not going to get funded. No. Yeah, 
if Streets of Rage doesn't get funded on Kickstarter, but Chat Food 2 does, I would have lost faith in everything video. <laughs> <laughs> Man, though, I'm looking at Chat Food 2 now, and I wish I'd backed it up. Oh, shut up. What, that $100, that $100 thing, Magic looks amazing. You get an actual SNES cartridge which is signed by some guy. What, Shaquille O'Neal? Yeah, that guy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, if it was Michael Jordan, that would be a bit confusing. But yeah, so. yeah. There you go. Uh, uh, that's amazing. Anyway, I think we're going to call it for now. Um, we're going to go to reviews in a few minutes. Yeah. Um, but first, I think we're going to have a nice little section I'm going to call Bantering with Bolt. Oh. <laughs> Get a name section. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, Bolt. That's me. <laughs> you wanted to chat about the Twitter stuff that you talked about earlier. Oh, so and Facebook, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, the Facebooks. As you've already noticed, the last couple of weeks, I've had a little question of the week thing going up, which people have actually answered. Isn't that amazing? Social media, <laughs> it works. Sorry, Gary? I said huzzah. Huzzah. It's, uh, that is our catchphrase that no one ever knows, it seems. <laughs> <laughs> yes, huzzah, indeed. Uh, so yeah, it, the question this week was inspired by Terminator, as Terminator Genesis is out. And the question that we put to the public was, what terrible moment from gaming history would you send a Terminator back to a raise? And now, I'll do the questions from the answers, I should say, sorry, from the people that replied first, the best, and I'll ask you guys. Uh, Andy Duffbeer's Duffy, who unsurprisingly is, of course, Duffman on our forums, said on Facebook, send them back to the makers of Alien Colonial, Mar Colonial Marines and tell them to do it properly. The game had so much promise, I eagerly waited for that, even went for the midnight release. I was so disappointed that I actually took the game back within 24 hours. Uh, Darian Burgess said, send the Terminator back to when Rare sold out to Microsoft, they ruined Banjo-Kazooie. Uh, <laughs> I know. So... Brandon Boyle says, for me, Sony losing the publishing rights to Crash and Spyro. See, I told you, these people, they keep coming back. Wanting Crash. How that, would have prevent how that would be prevented, however, I have no idea. It might result in Mark Cherney dying, which would be bad. Alternatively, all the people responsible for making post-Naughty Dog Insomnia Crash and Spyro games could be terminated to prevent them from being made. So that's a bit extreme. Another would be preventing Silent Hills from being cancelled. Objective, terminate all the key people at Konami who influenced the company's change of focus and caused Kojima to leave. A bit like the TX's mission in Terminator 3. Um, then his smiley face with tears of laughter. Slightly murderous uh, event there. It's a, we weren't sort of condoning murder on this feature. But hey. Uh, Terminator, that's what he does. Exactly, I know. <laughs> We're he doesn't go tell that nicely. Hey, don't make this. <laughs> I, I was going for more hypothetical, you know, it's like <laughs> things rather than people, you know, executives. But yeah, yeah you, you're bound to get it. So, uh, <laughs> following on from what we were talking about just a minute ago, funnily enough, uh, Ben, uh, Angel Alexis Salaveros has a top three. And number three, Shaq Fu. <laughs> <laughs> number two, Sega Saturn. And number one, Scotty Pippen Slam City. More basketball tight awesomeness. Awfulness is probably the best word. I don't know if you guys would agree with this, but uh, Ricardo Galvao says 
Dragon Ball Z Battle of Z from being made. I didn't mind that game. No? No, I have it. Hmm. I have it. I have the Goku edition sealed up still. I bought it even though I got a review copy. There's this guy called Gary Bagdazarov on here who's commented. But I who's he? Read, I won't bother reading that one. So, uh, <laughs> Joe Berryman says Joker turning into a monster at the end of Batman Arkham Asylum. Which, yeah, was probably one of the most ridiculous things ever. Uh, okay. Last couple on Twitter, This these ones. Uh, clearly by people who think we are actually Sony, I think. Um, Abyss Walker. Went, went we? Yeah, that's it. He said, Sony announcing Shenmue 3, dot, 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 Kickstarter. And Gabriel Forever says, that moment when PlayStation lost awesomeness and decided to be like Xbox and forced you to pay to play online. F that. Yeah, that was uh, some of the best answers we get we had, I'd say, this week. Uh, so, guys... What are your thoughts on that? Um, what terrible moment would you erase Gary Bagdasarov, the second? <laughs> the second? The second. Well, there's that guy on Facebook. He's clearly the first. So. Uh, obviously, Aliens Colonial Marines. Yeah. Um, That's funny. He said that, too. Yeah, I, I actually wouldn't even go back and have them fix it. I just, like, eliminate that game from their idea completely. Actually, I just eliminate Randy Pitchford. <laughs> that, that would be my Terminator request. That is who you terminate. Um, I'm sorry. I still think the guy is a liar and a douchebag. I'm sorry if I say that. Um, the fact that they still don't take responsibility for what happened with that game makes me sick. Um, especially since they were paid to make that game and they just decided to outsource it to somebody else. Um, and then because of that, that studio ended up closing down because of that. Yeah. Um, it's it's pathetic to me. The the fact that they went out and said, oh, we have such passion for the Alien franchise and this and that. Obviously, you cared more about Borderlands than you did Aliens. Yeah, you, you cared it's, enough to make, put the noises right, but that was about it. Yeah. Which was the only good thing about it, was the voice. Literally. literally. Um, but then again, that's not really them. That's 20th Century Fox giving them <laughs> those voices yeah. and those gun sounds. Um. <laughs> And if gun sounds make games, eh? You know, so they'd be the best things ever. Well, if gun sounds go. make games, then, then Destiny would be, like, the best game ever made ever. Yeah. Funny well, enough, that is the second thing. Um, the hype that was Destiny should have been eliminated the moment it started. Uh, so eliminate, a... eliminate Bungie, basically. <laughs> See that mountain, Gary? You can go over it to it. No, if, I if you can't. glitch through the walls, and yeah. exactly. If, I if you know go, how to hack the game like me, you'll get to that mountain. <laughs> I can't go to any of the cool places I wanted to go in that game. It's all blocked off. Oh, you're gonna die. Why am I gonna die? Like, what's gonna kill me if I leave the battle area? And Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. Space Jesus. <laughs> um, Shepard another confirmed. Thing, another thing that I didn't add on there that I just remembered: um, Homefront. Mm, uh, yes. The only game I have ever regretted spending a full fifty dollars on when it came out, um, or sixty dollars. Sorry, one of the but, worst selling, or one of the worst decisions I made to buy a game. Homefront. Yeah, one of the games that tanked THQ as well. 
and shut down the developer of that game too. Yeah, well, until they got the uh, Deep Silver took them, I think, they, after that. No, the developer shut down completely. The developer worked on uh, Frontline's Fuel of War, oh, yeah. which was a multiplayer-only game that came out on Xbox 360. It was supposed to come out on PS3, <laughs> but canceled. But that developer is actually the developer who originally created Counter-Strike. Hmm. And they went on to do Homefront, and their whole thing with Homefront was the multiplayer, and like because the campaign was like two hours long. And then you try to go into multiplayer, and it literally never worked. Like I tried for like four weeks after the game came out, and I couldn't get into a single game in multiplayer. So like, screw you, I'm done. <laughs> and I'm not surprised the second game got canceled because. <laughs> Well, well, it's yeah. not cancelled yet, is it? It's still up in the air. Last yeah, it's still up in the air, but we haven't heard anything for a while. <laughs> I don't expect it's it to be cancelled. <laughs> it is. It's just cancelled. Don't let with... the dream die. It's... There is no dream. Nobody cares about that franchise. <laughs> hey, I know one person who does. My mate, he does. He wants it. Tell him to go watch Red Dawn again, and he'll be happy. I'm sorry. Like I watched that video from E3, and that was like Crisis with a Homefront skin on it. It played exactly in Crisis without the nano suit. Everything I saw in that video was everything I was doing in Crisis without the suit. That That's pretty much all it was. So no loss for me there, I'm sorry to say. But yeah, those three. Fair enough. And Ben? Does it have to be exactly a video game? Yeah, well, something from a video game. Could it, no, but be like Sony or could it be video game related? Yeah. Okay. I mean, for instance... You know, someone literally just wanted one character to stop doing something to another character, so... Well, no, I'm thinking actual hardware as well. Oh, yeah, hardware counts. Okay, well, first of things, I would go back in time and get rid of everyone, even their children, <laughs> and their children's children, somehow, jump dimensions if need be. Just to say we don't promote To stop <laughs> them from doing haze. Ah. <laughs> He beat me to it. I'll say that. So. <laughs> that is See, the... he's listening, then. <laughs> that is the only game in the... Well, yeah, they can listen all they want. <laughs> I can't go back in time. I'm not a Time Lord. At least they need to know that part. Well, um... <laughs> Haze is a fixed point in time. You can't change it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, had it had to happen to prevent Time Split 3 causing the apocalypse. 4, sorry, causing yeah. the apocalypse. Well... Anyway, the other thing would really change the whole of history as we know it. Uh, I recently got this idea because of the whole... Have you guys heard the fact that they found a prototype PlayStation? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would go back in time and stop Philips from meeting up with Nintendo so that the Sony Nintendo PlayStation was a real thing. <laughs> I think that thing is fake. Hey guys. Oh, God. Oh, Sorry. Huh? I think it's fake. I don't think that's real. Oh, I think that's probably fake, but the whole thing was real. Well, yeah, I don't think they ever got to a prototype phase of it. Though. I think they had prototypes, yeah. Well, they, they, they the yeah, whole it's... reason why the Nintendo Philippine went through is because um, Sony's prototype was a day late. Mm-hmm. And but... then some like random dude has it. It's probably like the only one in existence. <laughs> and some guy. Well, in supposedly, there was, supposedly there was there's two hundred of them. I, I still can't. Uh, if, if there were 200 of them, we'd have seen it a lot yeah. sooner, I think. Supposedly. 
supposedly, yes. Anyway, I would like to go back in time and stop Nintendo from making a deal with Philips just to see what would happen. Yes, well, yeah, that's a fair good because point. Is, the, again, is that a fixed point in time? You know, it's so... Yeah, but you got to remember, the reason why Microsoft got into play was because Sony. Yeah. Uh, they said the fact that they, they were worried that Sony was taking over the living room, so they jumped in with the Xbox. Would they have done the same thing if they were just partnering with Nintendo? True. Would video gaming have been quite the big thing it is now? Would Sega still Sony be around? Yeah, well, if they would, because Sony yeah. wouldn't have been pushing this casual console that everyone yeah. wants to play. So, and you, you, know. have, you might have the Atari still. You might oh, be on the Atari so 4000. Horrible to have to say this on a Sony-based podcast, but you know, I, I kind of wish that was yeah. the case, because there'd be Sega. Yeah, I, I oh. just want, I would love to see. We already what, had Shenmue three. We'd be on Shenmue six. Yeah, <laughs> it would have been the six part game they promised us. Yeah, yeah. we would have known the ending by now. <laughs> proper resolution. I oh. would be questioning the the next ending because we'd be halfway through the sixth game. And now I'm thinking, Ben, geez, the Dreamcast would have still been around. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm sorry. The DVD killed the Dreamcast. The fact yeah. that PlayStation yeah. had it and Sega didn't, that's what killed it. Well, no, because Nintendo might not. Bo- yeah, yeah Nintendo might not bother the uh, the DVD. They might stick with CD still. Yeah, but Nintendo has survived every single thing that's been thrown at them. So. Yeah, but the they, thing is, though. They also, motion control as well. Well, actually, I just thought Microsoft would still be in it because um, Microsoft helped Sega with the Dreamcast. That's why the certain games on the Dreamcast actually use Windows uh, NT. Oh, for the infrastructure. Yeah. The internet, yeah. So what you're saying is it was an inside job to eliminate one part of the competition and take over its spot. Pretty much. Oh, God, don't say that. Well, you got to remember, Microsoft was talking to Sega about having the Xbox being backwards compatible with the Dreamcast. That's why they allowed the Dreamcast to be playable. Yeah, allowed the Dreamcast to use Windows software because they wanted the Microsoft Xbox to use Dreamcast games. But because the Dreamcast failed, the Microsoft Xbox couldn't use the Dreamcast games because they were worried it would hurt their brand. So if Sony had been part of Nintendo, oh, Sega yeah, would have worked with Microsoft, man. and then the Microsoft would have split off still, but we'd have an Xbox that played Dreamcast games. And maybe so a Dreamcast two get Dreamcast oh, two that, that played Xbox. Really, that really would have swayed me. That really would have, back in the day. We might have had a Dreamcast two that played Xbox games, and an Xbox that still played Dreamcast games. Oh, but these are. I would have bought one. I'm sorry, I would have. I yeah, think I the Dreamcast was a phenomenal console. It was, and I'm so sad. Slightly ahead, uh, slightly ahead of its time, I think yeah. that was the problem. So yeah, that's. I think we just completed a, an amazing new timeline that I want to somehow get into. Yeah. As much as I love Sony, that would have been amazing to see what would happen. Look forward to that in the next Terminator film. Terminator console wars. God. It's still better than Genesis. Genesis. Yeah, but that's explained that title, so that's fair enough. I'd still prefer console wars over Genesis. Genesis. Um, personally speaking, um, I would pretty much go back and say to anyone who's advising David Doak around the time of a time split is to just not sell out to anyone when Hayes bombs and and just make time splitters four. And then if that failed, fine, do it. But don't get lost. 
in EA, who then lose you to Crytek, who then lose you somewhere else, and then you don't know who you are anymore, and then we never get another decent first-person shooter that has giant hand people. It's just not fair. Monkeys. Monkeys, and monkeys, and robots, and it's just... Why is there not another time split? It's not fair. So, um, and, yeah, secondly, it'd be a... Uh, it'd be... 3D Sonic just not being a thing would be nice. I, I go back in time to say, no, look, I'm telling you, you have a rough patch in the 2000s, but people come to re appreciate 2D games. Stay 2D with Sonic because it just doesn't work in 3D. That. So if they didn't listen, then I'd kill them. Obviously, that's where the terminating would come in. But, and then I'd assume that role. Oh, and better still, the team who worked on Devil May Cry 2. I'd have them all killed by a Terminator, just so that I could... So that so the original team could come in and have to work on the sequel. Could then, we have the Terminator dressed up as Dante for that, though? Yeah, oh, yeah, totally. It's got to be, even the wig and everything. I, I still think Dante from Devil May Cry 2 had the coolest outfit. Yeah, the coolest outfit, but yeah, yeah they had that deal that, with Levi's, didn't they? That's literally all they put into that game, though, was that outfit. <laughs> hey, he turned into Two-Face, we'll leave him alone. <laughs> Dante, yeah, that, Dante and Batman confirmed. We <laughs> have that storyline wise, it's the final game in the Devil May Cry story. Yeah. Ugh. And he's fighting the Kingpin. I mean, Kingpin? What's the Kingpin? <laughs> Kingpin! Is that a King Penguin or is it just like the King of Ping? <laughs> the man, this guy's well intimidating. His ping is just so intimidating. <laughs> oh, he's just really good at first person shooters. <laughs> he's an elite hacker. Shall <laughs> we move on to the reviews, Benefer? Uh, yeah, I think we'll go on to the reviews. And I think somehow, by magic and wizardry, we'll somehow brought up the game we're going to talk about soon now, anyway, pretty much. What, Devil May Batman? Devil, <laughs> Devil May Batman Cry. Arkham, yeah. Arkham Tears. <laughs> uh, Devil May Cry for a Batman Special Edition review by Michael Harridans. Yeah. Uh, the final word, despite its flaws, Devil May Cry 4 Special Edition is still fantastic hack and slash romp made all more enjoyable thanks to the silky smooth Batman frame rate and three new playable characters. Uh, we like the fun combat and filling gameplay. The new characters add plenty of depth and variety. The looks and plays better than ever. We dislike the lots of backtracking, the dull puzzles of repetitive enemies, and the lack of two-faced ba- uh, Dante. Um, <laughs> that one isn't in it, by the way. Uh, we gave it. He gave it a 7.5 out of 10. Uh, has anyone played the special edition of Devil May Cry 4s on PS4s? Yeah, a little bit. It's what like, did you think? It's uh, yeah. I, you know, full disclosure here. I thought Devil May Cry 4 was shite. Oh, nice. I did. So they've improved it. There's no doubt about that. But uh, still weaker than DMC uh, or Devil May Cry 1. Devil May Cry 1. Uh, probably, uh, probably just slightly under DMT three. I'd say it's it's fun, but it, you can tell it, it's age shows now. And Gary, is there anything you've thought about the Devil May Cry fours? Oh no, I haven't played it, so okay. I can't really add much to it. Um, I I I actually kind of enjoyed four. Um, I actually really enjoyed playing as Nero more than Dante in that game. 
but um, simply because he had that grab move, and I can just do crazy combos with that thing. Yeah, it's a good move. Virgil could do that as well in this. Even better. Yeah. But, but yeah, I just don't feel Devil May Cry 4 should have been remastered. <laughs> I don't know, or remade in a way. They've made it different enough yeah. in the way it handles to the original yeah. that I would, you know, in a reviewing sense, I'd probably knock it up a couple of points. Uh, they they should have just, just, just ported all four of them to the PS4. Except yeah, for they, two. They can't even handle the first three properly. It's like... Except for the two. Not number two. Yeah, but... It has to be part of it, man. It has uh, to be. But they shouldn't yeah. exist. People should suffer like I suffered. <laughs> hey, you know, <laughs> there you go. They could have taken the time and completely remade Devil May Cry 2. Yeah, new... got, the original, got the original team back on it. No, no, a new team. <laughs> well, no, I meant the team that did Devil May Cry 1, not yeah. the team that did Devil May Cry 2. Yeah. Hell, get a team of the original Devil May Cry 1 and the, the Devil May Cry new one. So we basically want Platinum to make... Yeah, but a mix of the old team as well as Platinum. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there you oh. go. Plat- Platinum remake Devil May Cry 2. There you go. Can I just add something to Devil May Cry? Um, yeah, sure. The the guy who was who developed Devil May Cry 4 originally and who handled the special edition version, um, we, we talked about it on different podcasts, but... Um, he did confirm that the sales for the game are not going to affect the franchise going forward. Mm. Um, that was just something that they misheard or was misinterpreted in, by the way he said. But he also went on to add that Capcom and him were very happy with the way DMC turned out um, from Ninja Theory. And he said that... It, it's not necessary that there won't be a sequel, but they were so happy with the sales of the game, it exceeded expectations from what he said, sales-wise. Mm. But there is a strong chance that it might, it will get a sequel. So, I was happy to hear that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't mind them going in either direction. But it's just like, embrace it if you're going to do that if you're going to go old old school devil may cry then make it as cheesy and ridiculous as possible yeah he 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 did say that the devil may cry from dmc and the devil may cry of devil may cry 4 are completely two different versions of the characters so if they do another devil may cry it may be a sequel to dmc but that doesn't mean that devil may cry 5 with those characters is not yeah. possible either. Maybe so. some sort of crossover game where you have different styles, different play, switchy. It's not like they haven't done it before. So. Yeah, but yeah. then all you want really is Devil May Cry meets Bayonetta. That'd be amazing. Oh, that's a Devil May Cry, Bayonetta and DMC. Oh, my goodness. Just, we're, we're a bit of vanquished in there. So yeah. Luck. So, oof. Uh, okay, I think we've had enough Devil May Cries for tonight's. Yeah, I mean, we're going to run out of tissues from all the crying eventually. So we'll go to the next game, which is called The Whispering Willows. Uh, this was done by Simon Sayers. Uh, actually, I actually forgot to say who did Dive on the Cry, but that was in fact Michael Harridan's. Um, anyway, this Whispering Willows, uh, immersive audio, impressive art style, isn't quite enough to prevent the gameplay of this intriguing ghost story from being quite banal. Using fancy words there, Steve, uh, I mean Simon. Uh, we liked the haunting soundtrack and spooking audio effects creator's subtle 
creepy atmosphere, decent storyline that builds as you find notes and di- uh, diaries. Some of those dailies um, mm-hmm. that take you on the ghost, uh, ghost story. See, I can't speak now. My mind's gone. Uh, we like the nice art style. We dislike the puzzles are too easy. The backtracking to the same locations gets repetitive. Uh, we gave it a 6 out of 10. Uh, anyone thought about playing this game? I haven't even heard of it, to be honest. No, I couldn't say I have. Uh, I thought about it. I was uh, actually thinking of reviewing it, but then I was too late to answer the the call. <laughs> well, you're talking about calls here, Gary. Okay. <laughs> Batman, Arkham Knight, review by Neil Bolt. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do it the whole way, because I just sound stupid enough as it was. But I really want to. But I know I just sound completely stupid. Screw it. Arkham Knight has some flaws, but they're generally pale in comparison to this wonderful spectacle Rocksteady serves us up. At the fine end to the Rockham trilogy, we liked the richly detailed world, the compelling narrative, the combat and stealth still satisfying. We dislike the story slumps for a while, the Batmobile races and stealth tanks, the boss battle still underwhelming. We gave it a 9 out of 10 because I'm the goddamn British Batman. <laughs> <laughs> well, now. <laughs> moving on. Yes, moving on. <laughs> how bad was that, Gary? And how good was this review? <laughs> awesome. Why are you asking me? Neil reviewed it. Yeah, because we'll, we'll, we'll go against type for once. We'll have the people who didn't review it. You can go first, Gary, because Neil can you, go next. About Batman? No, about my voice, no. Of course, Batman. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your voice, your voice was great. I had no... I thought I was talking to Batman. I was about to ask him <laughs> Robin. <laughs> At I this point, I'll be bad girl if you want. <laughs> anyway, what do you think of Batman? Neil, afterwards, because this is going to be a while. Oh, yeah. I, I loved Batman. I thought it was an incredible game. Um, I, 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 Neil and I have talked about this quite a bit. Uh, I, I am on the opposite side with the Batmobile. I actually really enjoyed driving it around and everything you got to do with it. Um, once you got used to it, of course, um, it does get take a lot of time to get used to. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. The, the story was masterfully crafted, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, uh, although it, it's really hard to talk about the story without spoiling things, but I will say that because of the villain of Scarecrow they used, um, there were a lot of moments that were awesome, but then ended up being huge disappointments at the end. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I'll just leave it at that. Uh, people will probably figure it out because of the character and what he does, but. I also, like, to me personally, um, Rocksteady should just outsource every boss battle because <laughs> they, they've proven they absolutely suck at doing boss battles. Yeah, and, I mean, they've tried to go different a little this time They should around. outsource it to Kojima. No, they should have just outsourced it to Warner Brothers Montreal, who did Arkham Origins. And Ar- Arkham, had... Arkham Orange, Origins. Oranges, yeah. Because yeah. that game had awesome <laughs> boss fights. Yeah, it did. And, I just don't understand. Like, I was expecting these cool encounters, and they ended up being crap. 
I'm sorry to say they were all crap. All the big encounters in the game were crap. That's where I say the um, story was a bit slumped a bit. Near the end was just after two particular boss battles that involved the Batmobile. It's like the story stuff afterwards just seemed very like that. And then a boss battle straight after one of those, which is rather important, was a bit again as well. It just it knocked a lot of the impact out of it because you just didn't feel like you were in the story like you should have been. And yeah, it's it just felt like. It, they got well I, I don't want to say lazy but they ran out of time yeah or resources or whatever so they had to get something done and something out like you saw how awesome everything was in the beginning and then how everything was so rushed towards the end yeah but then it just, sort of comes back again I think before the end and just starts becoming a bit more like it had been at the beginning it's just that yeah. little section which is when you think of it in context, it's the crux of the game. It's just—it's answering that big question of who is the guy that's you know, hounding you this entire game. It's like that, and it's just handled so poorly. It's, yeah. it's a shame, just and it, it, it ends—it ends up being the least important story arc in the entire game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just everything is just revealed. Revelation, 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 all right away, and like the impact of it is just lost. Um. <laughs> I also, again, it seems to be like a theme with all the Arkham games, but as much as I enjoy side quests, the characters used again are just throwaway. And yeah. it, just, really just, yeah. it really bugs me. Like, especially when you show them off in trailers, like they have this huge impact in the story. Like, Scarecrow has united all the villains with Two-Face working with Penguin and all that. And then they just... You never see that. Like, they're always doing their own separate thing. And, again, it just leads to repetitive missions that you have to do, and then eventually you take them down, and that's the end of it. The fun is in the chase with every single one of them, I'd say. It's like, there's no... Yeah. The mystery leading up to them, and like, oh, you're getting little snippets here, and like... And, I don't know, doing most of them after you finish the main story mission is makes some of the conversations you have when you abduct these villains at the end a bit more interesting because uh, they yeah. know stuff they know certain things and it's it's changed to the dynamic and it's cool I like that bit but yeah it's again i think that's what always saves rocksteady's games with the boss battles where they're concerned is that no matter how bad they are or how underwhelming they are the stuff that comes after it and the stuff that comes before it is so so good it's just they just weave a great tale. It's like you almost want them to just say, you know what, let's just not bother with these boss battles, have a cutscene at this point, because if if they're going to be handling it, that that's what you want. Yeah, but 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 still, of all the things that start happening in Arkham Knight, like all the big events and everything, you're just sitting there wondering, it's like, where the hell is Nightwing? Mm. You know, like he's in the game. He helps you in the game, but then when you need him the most, he's nowhere around. I think they try to do a lot of it, explaining way that you know, Bruce Wayne is just so stubborn that he doesn't want any help in yeah. that game. And they, and they drive that point home, and I think they do that in part to just sort of make the suspicion go around of who the Arkham Knight is around the entire backup cast. You know, yeah. to say, oh, it could be him, it could be him, it could be that guy, it could be that guy. Just by it could giving be Alfred. Yeah, it's just giving motivation to different players in the game. I think that's probably why they make it happen. 
But yeah, there's cool it, moments it, in that. that I, you... I just feel like with everything that was happening in that game, uh, there's a lot of people who just don't listen to Batman or Bruce Wayne. Yeah. And Nightwing is one of those guys. If he sees something is happening, he's not going to listen to him. He's going to need yeah. help. Early on, he improves that. And Batman says, oh, well, you stay back and I'll do this. And of course, he doesn't stay back. Uh, but then after that, he just sort of complies, as you say. It's, uh, and he turns up when he's supposed to, and that's it. Yeah, it yeah. is odd and a shame, really, because the combat, where you have the dual team combat, uh, it's just it's great addition. It is a great addition, and it just like again, like with the story, with everything that was happening, you, you, I personally thought, like, Batman can't do this on his own anymore. Like of everything that was happening, he needed help in a lot of the situations, yeah. and somehow because he's Batman, he was able to do it on his own. Yeah, I think that was again just driving home his stubbornness that he didn't even trust himself. So why should he trust anyone else? And it came to at that point. And I, ah, it's, there are moments where it makes sense and there are moments where you're like mm, well he, he probably could have had help there or done this there it's just like yeah it's, 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 it's really yeah it's minor stuff yeah okay uh, Neil is there anything else you want to add um, to games your amazing actually, review yeah, I mean games I've actually completed this year it's game of the year at the minute it's, nice. no doubt about that it's like Oh, does it mean it's taken the spot over Life is Strange? Well, that's the thing. That game's not finished, and it could yeah. feasibly go very, very badly the way they've gone in that game. Yeah. It's like, because you've hit you in the deer at the third episode, and where they go from that point in that game is going to tell us if that game gets remembered as yeah. you know, one of the best games ever, or just, no, uh, it started well, it had some promise, and it sort of petered out a bit. I think it's perfect timing, really, for that sort of sharp, edge because they've only got two episodes left yeah it, it, so, it just comes out how they handle it yeah. from now on it's like that's, again it's another game you don't want to go too much into why that's it's, but yeah, yeah the events of the third episode are just like they switch everything up massively and it's great but yeah in terms of games I've played the entirety of you know it's like Arkham Knight's just yeah great Batman game it's like I, I think this is probably the hardest year for me to pick a game of the year so far. And so there's still more to come. Yeah, <laughs> so I, I still haven't played Witcher or Bloodborne, and there's, they said there's Metal Gear to come in that, and it's just... Uh, yeah, it'd be very, very difficult. Or it's coming out, which a lot of people already say game of the year for that, but... Yeah. What game is that? What? Fallout 4? Oh, yeah. yeah. So it, it doesn't... Whenever Bethesda announces anything, it's game of the year for a lot of people, so... Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's going to be the worst game ever made. It's game of the year. It's no I'm a, I Am Bread, though. <laughs> That's out this year. I can't wait for that game. I made well, sure I'm like, down to review that. There's, there's Leicester games as well, though, that are coming to consoles that could be pretty damn fine. I think I said it last week, Volume, by Mark Biffle. That would be really good, because it's like old-school Metal Gear stealth, like the VR mission stuff, but into a game that tells a modern telling, retelling of Robin Hood. It's like... I'll, it's a great concept for a game. The fact that you can make your own levels and stuff, and it could be a big surprise hit. I think that game. And yeah, stuff like No Man's Sky could, if it ever appears this year, will be. Yeah, I think it will be bigger than people realise. 
And yeah, it's just there's so many little things like that that still coming. Invisible Ink by the Clay Entertainment it made um, Mark of the Ninja and Don't Start. It's like it's yeah, a turn-based stealth game, and it's just it's marvelous on PC. So the fact that it's coming to consoles again as well, it's just if that comes and it works properly, that's again to me is going to be another big content. Anyway, before we go on about our games of the years, I think we should skip on ahead to our next review. Um, this review was done by our worst writer on the site. Uh, it's just Thanks, rubbish. Ben. Thanks, Ben. <laughs> it, it, it's just, I don't know, I don't know why they still let him write. I mean, he can barely spell his own name. It's like, what, f- five names? He's just so confused. Anyway, I, this, I'd have trouble to be fair. So. This is a review by uh, Benjamin Thomas William Shillabir Hall, uh, Fantasy 14 Heaven's Word review. I know you shouldn't really pay much attention to this review but I'm going to carry it, cover it just because we have to we've got a quota I just have to cover it uh, the final word a gorgeous stirring mechanically solid feature rich expansion than what is the best MMO in years uh, we like the amazing location the beautiful vistas one of the best Final Fantasy storylines uh, flying feels really smooth and makes doing side quests a lot easier we disliked how damn annoying it is to unlock flying for old jobs 50 to 60 is an intense grind and the end game content is a bit slim right now we gave it an 8.0 out out of 10 Um, I don't know this guy but I can tell here that I I love this game it's amazing (laughs) Uh, Neil would you step into the world of Final Fantasy 14 Heaven's Ward Oh, I I can barely manage to get the level 15 in Elder Scrolls Online at the minute so it's like (laughs) I've always had an uphill battle myself with these games, you know, MMORPGs, and I'm only now really finally getting into one. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's probably at a point now where I'm just like, nah, I'm not going to touch it, to be honest. As good as it sounds, and as fun as it could be, I just don't have the time anymore to be doing multiple sort of types of this game. And Gary, would you, will you come back to Final Fantasy? I will come back to Final Fantasy, Ben. Nice. Good, good. I, told you I, will. I know it's been like, what, eight months? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize it was that long. I'm sorry. But, yeah. uh, I, I did kind of stuck because so many games were coming out that I wanted to play, and I just <laughs> I couldn't keep going back to the one. But, yeah, I will go back to it. I do have, Ben, you one of the best Final Fantasy stories, really? Oh, trust me, it's amazing. It's better than six? Well, one. I said one. <laughs> it, one of the recent date as well. Huh. It is. It's it an is. MMO too. I don't know. That's saying something huge. Final Fantasy has had Trust a me, it is, it's got so many twists and so many good points that it's just, oh, it is amazing. I felt the story of A Realm Reborn wasn't very good, personally. Well, to be fair, at least Realm Reborn was just setting the story up, really. This... This is like the juicy middle amazing bit. Okay. I won't take your word for it, man. Um, I can't say much about it because if, as soon as I say anything about the story, you'll get some of the twists later on. Uh, so. Yeah. I'll throw rocks at you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can throw snowballs in the game, but not rocks. That, that's sad. Anyway, I, I did take a little picture with all the uh, several people I shouted out in one of the new towns. Um, and I got people to gather together for a picture. Um, so that's in the review. Um, so yeah, I, I I love this game. 
and I put I'm, I'm on my way to my next level 60 I'm level 54 paladin um, so yeah the grind is real and I'm crazy for doing it again. <laughs> I'm not joking. The grind from 57 to 60 is more than the original games 1 to 50. But there's something you can do in the background. Yeah. Grinding. It's just. It's... Well, it's it's you got the the best thing to do is actually to play it not much per day. I know that sounds weird. No, I you... totally agree because like the way I play Elder yeah. Scrolls Online, I, I, I play. For an hour or two, I'll get a level up, and then that's it. I'll be yeah. done for the day. It's, it's well, a good way. It's the what suits that type of game. I think really, it's like yes, you yeah. could just rush it and consume everything about it and play it for your entire lifetime. But yeah. you can take the other route and just like I'll play a set amount today. I'll do this. I'll do this. I'll do this, and then I'll go on. That's the whole yeah. idea. Well, with this, you get a bonus XP for doing something called a roulette. Yeah, you've got expert, which is level sixty high which is anywhere between 50 to 60 dungeons and the low level which for some reason is 1 to 60 don't ask why that is um and then you'll get bonus xp depending on you know when you do it so let's just say you do your low level roulette at level 50 odd you'll get 200 odd, 300 odd thousand xp plus the yeah. dungeon xp plus xp if there's any new members so you might get like half a level from that dungeon but you won't get that much xp again the next time you run it because it's your daily roulette so if you log in the next day you'll get that big bonus again big big bonus i mean big bonus you can get pretty much a whole level in the older dungeons now when you used to only get about half there's, there's too much innuendo there about, <laughs> about big bonuses uh, so, so i'll leave that <laughs> yeah so um also i've done a video review if you ever want to watch that same website i i did watch it in fact yes oh what did you think of it it was yeah. my first ever attempt at a video review yes it came across quite well quite yay yay i spoke words and they made sense somehow <laughs> oh, God. i know it's rare it's completely rare that'll happen it's see, achieved sentient life see i'm gonna give the podcast listeners a bit of a spoiler see what happens i actually sit here spewing random letters and words and then we send them off to Kevin, and then somehow he sticks them all together, and then finally you get a sentence. Yeah, right now he's talking about some sort of vegetable patch in the Pyrenees, and we don't know what the hell he's on about. But somehow, by the magic of Kevin, you will actually get a proper sentence rather than me yeah. talking about aliens taking over UFOs with the French involved with Americans. Yeah, and what I said before will now become, wow, gee there, Ben, that was a good old concise point you just made there. I'll sock it to them naysayers. <laughs> See, and this is what happens in the editing room. Yeah. It's magic. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I think we're going to leave the reviews. I think we're going to end this podcast soon, actually, because although I think we've pretty much all talked about what we've been playing, haven't we? Oh, yes and no. Yeah, because this small podcast that's not going to take long has now been an hour and a half. Told you. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, we're going to quickly go over what we played. Um, what I have been playing is Final Fantasy XIV Heaven's Ward, Elder Scrolls Online, and the Warframes. And the Warframes. And a little bit of Batman's. So the fact that you played so much Heaven's Ward and you only sort of played the casual bit of Elder Scrolls and you're still ahead of me. <laughs> <laughs> well, remember, I'm married to my friend. Mm. That's it, you've got that little kick. My friend won't yeah. commit. I'm afraid. He, just, <laughs> he, he bought me a horse, but he doesn't want to get married. Oh, I thought that was a sign of marriage. 
apparently not these days. It's like, oh, well, I, I don't know these well. They just, don't have, yeah, they don't have the values of the old days where you buy someone a horse and then you get married to them, regardless of sex, gender, <laughs> and type, and so. or race. Race, yeah, double race, Jack Sender, Jack Sender, <laughs> sex gender. <laughs> uh. Uh. Uh, so, what have you obviously been playing? I've also been playing, or yeah, what have you been playing? I've been playing Minecraft again a lot. Well, I've been commanded to play Minecraft by my near four-year-old boy, who's uh, suddenly getting what games are all about and you know, realizing that they're not just like television. It's like we sort of, we finished Lego Jurassic World together last week, you know, and that was quite cool. He loves dinosaurs, so wonderful. But yeah, now he's just sort of telling me what I should be building, when I should be running back to the house so we don't get caught in the dark and so like that, and what we should make, and it's just like. It's great. Just seeing the excitement and the joy on his little face is just wonderful. Like that. I'm, I'm sure he'll love that new Telltale Minecraft game that's coming you out. You know what I was going to say about that? I actually think that's going to be good. I really do. It looks so bad. So I have, I have already called for reviewing that. I actually think it'll be... I, I said before it came out and they mentioned anything about it, there'll be a meta sort of aspect to it and they've clearly gone with that. The fact that they're going to a, an endercon in the game and something happens to make ordinary people into these heroes. I, then the voice cast, again, sounds awesome. Like Dave Fenoy, who did Lee from Walking Dead, is back in it as well. And yeah, it's, I think, yeah, I'm honestly going to put my hat down and say, in that hat is my little prediction that says, Minecraft Story Mode will actually be quite good. But other than that, oh, have I played any other games? I played like five minutes of Drive Club, and I haven't really had time for more than that. A bit of Elder Scrolls. And that's it, really. Uh, Gary, what have you been playing apart from the Batman's? Oh well, yeah, like I guess I platinum Batman. Um. <laughs> Congratulations! Oh, thank you, thank you. Congratulations. Um. <laughs> I'm actually kind of irritated because, like, you know, when you go into the GCPD police station, it like updates how the capacity of the of the prison cells. Yeah. And like, I'm stuck at 99, percent and I've 100 percent of the game. And I'm like, oh. what the hell is the one percent? Like, Maybe you just is... turn yourself in. in <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe Batman's got to arrest himself. <laughs> um. Maybe it's the it... DLC. Oh, you know who it is. Riddler. Uh, I won't. No, I won't say anything. Just think of the one person who's not actually apprehended at the end of that game. Oh, that's true. Yeah. It could be, yeah. Be. But that's stupid. That just the completionist in me just gets irritated by that. Ninety-nine <laughs> percent. Screw you. <laughs> but um, yeah, I went and did the, the the story packs, the Harley Quinn and the Red Hood story pack. Um, yeah, so you ragging on them? Were they that bad? They were absolutely terrible. <laughs> They they lasted like fifteen minutes. Um, yeah, you can well, easily do them. I'm worried but, about the Batgirl DLC now. That's exactly what I was about to get to. Is the Batgirl <laughs> DLC? Well, it's Montreal have worked on them, isn't it? Yeah, than... and, and we said, oh, at least I'm going to get one good boss fight out of this. That's <laughs> your <laughs> season pass, the boss fight. Like I would have been okay with, it, but then I saw the price. What is like seven dollars? Um, US and I'm like it, it can be very long if it's seven dollars. Mm. Um, Not by what yeah, PSN charges. 
That will not be very long at all. Yeah, so um, uh, I'm still probably going to buy it. I mean, because it is $7, so why not? I'm yeah. a fan of Bad Girl. But, um, but yeah, they're like, they took all this time and energy to make the animations look completely different. Like, they're super fun to play with. Don't get me wrong. Mm. Like, the combat, like, Red Hood is just killing everybody. He doesn't, like, stop. Like, all his moves, like, his takedowns are all execution moves. He like, shoots him in the face and all that. Like. It's great stuff. But, like, there's so little of it that you're just like, wow, you wasted all this time for nothing. Mm. <laughs> you know? And the Harley Quinn stuff is great because she's always talking with Penguin. Like, Batman's always talking to Alfred. And, like, the dialogue and the banter between the two of them is just hilarious. <laughs> um, but, yeah, they're, like, 15 minutes long. They add absolutely nothing to the story um, except for the Harley Quinn one, which is, like, a prequel. To, to the story, but then again, it adds almost nothing. The Red Hood one, I don't even know when that takes place. Yeah, that, that, that was the most intriguing <laughs> for me. It was just like, okay, well, <laughs> how yeah, does that been? Do not go on eBay and buy that thing for the $30 that people are selling it for. No, it will go down in a sale, I'd say, and you'll be better off then. I, they'll probably release it for like $1.99 or $4.99 on PSN anyway. And this is, again, just Warner Brothers sticking their oar in, I think, a bit with their games. It's like they would be not just the most successful company in terms of sales, which they are this year, mm-hmm. but they would be you know, the big company. Everyone actually likes their games and respects them. If they didn't do this sort of cutting and sharing of the games that they do, and just, yeah. it's like you think to this year they had the whole Dying Light debacle about not having a physical release for like a month. Yeah, the UK and the Mortal Kombat issues that it had on PC, the Batman issues on PC, like the DLC getting cut up and done like this. Even last year with Shadow of Mordor, some of the DLC that was given was frankly terrible and should have clearly have been in the main game. It's it yeah, just so valueless. Yeah, just... I agree. And like when they, when they announced like the thirty five dollars season pass. That's going to yeah. add all these new quests. And I'm like, I just finished all the quests in Arkham Knight. And mm. if they're anything like that, I don't want to buy the season pass. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, yeah, and it just makes you think, well, in fairness, Rocksteady have done a good job of trying to sort of make closure happen on a lot of things in Arkham yeah. Knight. And to have stuff come in that's completely alien, you're straight away thinking, well, I know this isn't going to really have any effect on the story I've already played. Because I know what the conclusion is. I know what's going to happen now. It's what what's to say? What's left to say in this universe now? Yeah, yeah. But other than that, um, I'm went back and started playing The Witcher Three again. Um, I'm thinking of platinuming the game. <laughs> I'm not sure yet because uh, it took me 177 hours to get through it the first time. Yeah. <laughs> If I want to do that again on the hardest difficulty setting, which I heard is kind of bullcrap, but um, yeah, it's still an amazing game. Uh, I recommend it to every RPG fan out there. Um, I'm also playing um, Rise Son of Rome. Oh, intriguing! An Xbox One launch title. I actually bought it on PC on Steam. It was on sale for like seven dollars. Nice. Um, I actually really enjoy the game. Um, I think it's quite fun. I know we got a lot of hate, um, which is fine. It's very repetitive. I will admit that. Um, the game looks great. 
to this day as a launch title. Um, but yeah, it's fun. It's very brutal, very visceral. Um, so yeah, I, I quite enjoy that game. Yeah. I think it was mainly because it was Crytek and everything they do just gets the same stereotypical slander of, oh, it looks nice, but it's not a game like other games are. It's like... Yeah, it, it, it's also one of those, it's very QTE based. Yeah. Like every time there's a, like a kill animation happening where you're ready to execute somebody, it, you have to do like some like four button QTE to do the execution. <laughs> like, oh my god, I'm tired of executing people. I, I, I've just gone to the point where I'm just killing them regularly. I don't even care. Because <laughs> it just takes too long. And... <laughs> like, I can't be bothered killing you, Steinerly, anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Um, yeah, I'm also. I also went back and started playing Deus Ex: Human Revolution again. Oh, on PC. Beautiful game. Um, I, I missed out on the DLC for it, um, the Missing Link one. Mm. So went and bought That's, the. That is really good DLC. Yeah, well. I heard it was really good. So I went and bought the director's cut version of it. I think that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, so I can play that. I'm playing it on PC because I don't want to play it on my PS3 again. Yeah. It makes just the boss battles better as well, doesn't it? I think that version. Yeah, the game just runs better and controls better with the keyboard and mouse, in my opinion. I, I would totally agree with that. I think it would be better. I mean, still, on PS3, it was one of the best games <laughs> on PS3, without a doubt. But yeah, it is a game meant for PCs. Yeah, like, after I watched that 25-minute gameplay video of Mankind Divided, I was like, oh my god, I want to go back and play Deus Ex. So I did. <laughs> yeah, so so tempting. It was um, it's one of those things. It's like the recent article I saw about Red Dead Redemption. You know, five years on, um, someone going back and revisiting it. It's just like it just got me wanting to play it again, and I did for a bit as well. It's just it's nice when you get reminded of these games that you still kind of consider as being you know, not that long ago, and yet they are the last generation and. They're just still amazing games. Yeah. It's, it's like, yeah I, I agree. I, I also played about five minutes of Drive Club. Um, <laughs> I stopped playing it when I realized I have a stupid little hatchback while everybody else is driving Ferraris. And I'm like, you know what? That's not even fair. And, and I, like I've said many times on this podcast, I can't. I'm rubbish at driving games and driving <laughs> games. And. Burnout Paradise aside and Burnout Series aside, I just really cannot get on with them generally. It looks wonderful, and I think it is for people who like that sort of thing, it's probably yeah. a really good game. But for me, nah, I just, I probably yeah. will try it again now and again. Like, probably when we have our second child and I've got to be up at four in the morning and I've got to play something that doesn't <laughs> require any thought. So, yeah. Yeah. That's the it's sort one of those games like, you go into it and you see all this stuff and it's like if the game would have released when it would when it was supposed to it would have been mm-hmm. fine but because there's so much content that's come out since then and we like you look through all the cars and everything is behind a paywall now yeah it's like, like you get 15 cars which is fine well 15 tracks and i think like 20 cars but then that's 15 tracks out of i think like 60 now that they've yeah. released. Well, it's like, like, I was just looking, funny enough, on my um, trophy profile, and there's like, what, 112 trophies now for Drive Club. Yeah, and like, you're just like, have... oh, it's just too much now. And I feel like I'm playing a demo pretty much at this point. Which, which, you know, to be fair, that's what it was and is, and 
but it's just come so late in the day that it's made it more amplified that they've uh, added so much content since that time when they should have released it. And yeah. Like, but if they could have done this whole thing of, well, you could only have an offline mode like they started when they rolled it out last week, the other week, as I, then people wouldn't have been so worried. I mean, you could have just had said, yeah, we'll do an offline only mode for you to play, and in time we'll put the online on. And there you go. It's like they would have got a lot less negativity for it. Probably would have got a bit more word of mouth for the game if they'd done it earlier. It's yeah. a shame. It's a yeah. big shame because I think I, you know, it's one of the best looking races I've seen in a long while, and as much as I'm terrible at races, it's yeah, I can see where the fun is straight away and the mechanic of it and the way it's set up. The fact that even if you can be back of the pack in a race that you're still getting points for completing challenges and stuff, it's like it makes Yeah, it's always race fruitful and that's a really good thing. Yeah, you're always being rewarded even if you're not good at it. And more games should do that in my opinion. Yeah. Always should be rewarded for everything you do, in my opinion. But but yeah, um, and then Smash Brothers uh, still playing. <laughs> Always the um, Smash Brothers. I don't like to play with anybody who uses Ryu because he's just super cheap now. <laughs> he's completely made that game unbalanced in every way possible. God bless so. him. <laughs> yeah, because like he has two final smashes, one long range and one close range, and like with him, like you can still play the game with him, like you do Smash Brothers, but yeah. you can also play with him like Street Fighter. So you can oh, yeah, still do the analog motion of like the Hadoken move, and like he'll still do it, but it will be like twice as powerful if you do it that way. <laughs> so you go in, you play with somebody who's really good in Street Fighter, and then you pretty much just shouldn't play because you'll always lose because he's just set <laughs> up. It's like really like <laughs> he's just doing all these crazy combos that he would do in Street Fighter. And you're like wow, I didn't even stand a chance. But yeah. Yeah, sadly, yeah, that's the way it goes. Yeah, that's it for me. Yeah, it's all the games. Oh, well. Um, so we're going to wrap it up, I think. Yeah. It's, you know, we've been, ooh, we've been now 44 minutes. Almost as long as last week. This yeah, is this is a short one again. <laughs> I think okay. that, that comic book podcast we're going to do, Gary, is just going to be another multi hour epic. So. <laughs> Probably. There's a lot to talk about, man. Yeah, yeah. Okay, before we end, how can they contact you, Gary, and have you got any shout-outs? Uh, shout-outs to all the fans listening. Thanks for listening. Uh, please listen more and tell all your friends to listen to us, because then we have more listeners and we can ramble on longer. <laughs> about Hell, send us messages so we can ramble on about the rambling you want us to ramble on. Yes, and please, like, don't be afraid to send us messages or tweets or comments on Facebook telling us what you want us to talk about sometimes, too. You know, um, this isn't for us. It's for you guys. Uh, we obviously enjoy doing it, but yeah. yeah. Then just tell us whatever you guys want us to talk about. We'll we'll talk about it in depth if you need to. Like my absolute hate for the ending of Metal Gear Solid 4. Or my really bad <laughs> Batman impression. <laughs> Yes, tell us what you think. Ask us questions. We're always here to answer. I um, think we'll cover that whole Metal Gear thing before uh, the next game's release, you know, a special at some point. So, 
Yeah. Uh, Neil. Yeah. I can be on it. Oh, yes. Oh, oh, sorry, Gary. So how can I contact you? Yeah, you can contact me on Twitter uh, at Gaglaush, that's G-A-G-L-A-U-S-H, or email me on my PSU email at Gary, that's G-A-R-R-I at PSU.com. Uh, Neil, any shout-outs slash how can people contact you slash stalk you? <laughs> yeah, I will give a shout-out, a long overdue shout-out, actually, from uh, Honomaru, who constantly uh, comments on my reviews and articles and such in a positive manner, despite us getting off on the wrong foot when we when I started at PSU. <laughs> it's like, a, yes, as many people do, it seems. I don't know why. It's like, <laughs> I seem to have this uh, way of writing that people go, what the hell are you on about? So, <laughs> yeah, he's uh, recently in the uh, Batman Arkham Knight review, funnily enough. Uh, we have one guy who's uh, clearly got a hard-on for the PC version being broken and is taking it out on the PlayStation version. And yes, Honomaru... Yes. <laughs> and Honomaru has you know, come out and sort of shot him down nicely. And he's done that more than once, so <laughs> I'm just going to shout out to you for doing that. It's like, good to have dedicated people like that around. And if you want to be one of these dedicated people... Or if you just want to be one of the people like the other guy who tell me that I should have given Batman 4 out of 10, um, you can contact me at Nezko, that's N-E-Z-Z-K-O on Twitter, which has the header name of Neil of House Bolt. And you can find me on email at neil.bolt at psu.com. Or you can find me on PSN, which is Son of Venom, all lowercase, all one word. Uh, and I think we'll finally end it with me because of course I'm the last one left like <laughs> makes complete sense uh, I want to give a shout out to Kat, one of my friends uh, Catherine on Final Fantasy XIV uh, I want to make a big shout out to everyone on Final Fantasy XIV that's listening I don't know if any of you actually are listening uh, so anyone from Elite Show anyone from Ultros, anyone at all anyone from Neo Gaff any... damn you Gaff, you've gaffed the hunter again if, if you play Final Fantasy you'll know what that means um, anyway, so yeah, I'd like to give a shout. You can contact me at chili underscore UK on Twitter, uh, ben.chilabearhall at psu.com or chili on PSN. I will be talking more about giving away free copies of Heaven's Ward this month. Uh, more Sometime this month, I'll be talking about giving away free copies. Yes, free whole copies. Um, also, there's something else I'm going to say that I've forgotten now. Um,. Uh, pretty much just a giveaway, yeah. Oh, and I've done that giveaway for 500 people, if I'm brightly. If not, yep. do... I'm close to 600 friends. <sighs> so start doing that before uh, uh, you know, that 1,000 starts coming out. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> so yeah, when I reach 600 friends, I will do another another giveaway. Uh, so yeah, I don't know what it is yet, but yeah, when I reach 600 friends, I'll be doing another giveaway. I'm at 540 last time I knew, but I have 14 friend requests since I logged on this morning. So yeah. Then send them. So thank you everyone for adding me as your friend. Um, so yeah, I think we'll end it here. I think we'll be thankful. I think we should thank God. For me. Believe in Gary.